It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Stoon of the Game. I'm Kyle Nash, the Stoon of the Game, and here with me in the studio, taking a break from saving the world from fires, well, maybe not the world, but at least Sumter County, my man, Chris Rankin. Chris, what's going on, brother? Yeah, it's good to be back in here. Hey, what can I say? You know, because football, and we'll actually talk about some football this week. We won't just be buried in Deflategate the whole time. But because there's just been so much silly, silliness brought up about it, we got to hit a little bit of a little bit, just a little bit, uh, from the previous uh, week that we did not know about yet on Monday. Of course, I could not pass up a week of awesome here at the Student of the Game without bringing up my man, Weasel Weasel. Yeah, boy. Steve Weasel Hurley coming aboard as well. Uh, actually, live I believe you're, you're you're at the house early, are you not? Yep, at the house early. Expanding the horizons of the student game. I'll grant it, albeit, see what's funny is he's only so many minutes away from here, but yet I still feel like he's talking to me right now. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, really quick. And, and, you know, something I want to get put together on a side note, and, and it kind of makes me want to throw things. And let me ask you, so it's not just me. And I mean, I know the three of us live in Florida, so there creates a bias. But I was watching one of those top ten shows that you get on the NFL Network, and they had right. work done from the list. I kind of have a problem with that. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. I mean, at least put them at number ten, right? I. I I don't know. Am I getting something wrong there? I, you know, I, yeah. Not it cut out. <laughs> go it cut out for me. Can you repeat that last part? No, that's okay. Chris, we'll go to you first. No, it was uh, um, Mike Allstar work done. Yeah. He said, um, I think they might have been a little higher if work done would have stayed in Tampa a little bit better, I mean, a little longer than when he went to Atlanta and had that, you know, a couple good seasons up there in Atlanta. I think that's what kind of maintained the results right there. Maybe. Well, I mean, that, I think, I think, well, it, it kind of takes away because he went from being with Allstott to the DVD convo, uh, combo that was Dockett, Vic, and Dunn. I don't know. But, yeah, so running back tandems, top ten of all time. Do Mike Allstott and Warwick Dunn belong somewhere on the list, Weasel? What do you think? Oh, it, would, it would have to be, like, late tens. I would say about... I'd say about maybe 10 because, uh, I mean, they were a good one, one two punch. All stops, you know, the guy, the goal line guy. And uh, he was really, uh, really like, uh, knocked some people over. So, and, and worked on, he's, uh, he had a pretty decent career. So, I put him, like, you know, late in the, late in the top 10. Hmm. Well, no, and I'm not saying this should be top. Let's, let's not be ridiculous. But yeah, yeah. even when Dunn was hurt, All Stock could still carry the load. That's all I'm saying. And, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it. And I could be wrong. I just want to throw it out there. And, hey, look, you know, this is why it's called the student of the game. 
not Mr. Know-it-all, I know everything because I can tell you what's what of the game. That would also be entirely too long of a title. I'll throw that out there, too. Anyways, speaking of things that are entirely too long, no, Weasel, don't make the joke. Speaking of things that are entirely too long, this Deflategate scandal is, is just all over the place. We, 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 uh, we were on shortly after the news was broken of Brady's four-game suspension and the Patriots penalties and all that other stuff. But they have, there's been plenty of time for analysis, over-analysis, the pass rebuttal, more over-analysis. Like, I can see the look on Chris's face, and he gives us distinct, distinct gaze of, please tell me now. I've had it. Yeah, they, I mean, this is, I don't like to talk about the Patriots. I think I've had it all the rest of the year. We haven't even started a new football season. So even when it's so, about them potentially cheating or being... Yeah, it's like I'm over with it. Yeah, I'm very done. I done. Too, too much attention to Boston. <laughs> I have yes, there's just that wrong. Yes. Oh. Anyways, so uh, we mentioned the Patriots are buttle. Weasel, you having the talent as the outside the lines research research guy like you do uh, on this show. Take us through the pass for buttle a little bit, man. What's your uh, what was it and what's your take so far? Well, so far just a you know the introduction before that. Uh, the Wells report did come out and a lot of it. The, the Patriots, I guess they felt that it was uh, the the tools used, like I think the, uh, the tools to measure the pressure for uh, the uh, for the balls. They were uh, they weren't uh, accurate. So there's a little bit that was said into the rebuttal for the Patriots is that um, they weren't using like there are two gauges that they had, and so they were taking mixed, I guess, uh, pressure measurements. And the Patriots are saying that, like, the, uh, the uh, ideal gas law says that um, if you go, like, into, a, like, a cold or a warmer environment, um, it could affect the pressure. So when they were doing the test, um, the Patriots are saying that uh, they're not accurate and uh, it shouldn't uh, – it should be, like, kind of, like, uh, thrown out. So – also, in the one that's just hilarious is that the Patriots are, are using uh, the, the text messages that went back and forth, and one of them did call, uh, it was uh, McNally, who was the, he's the guy that uh, takes the footballs over to the officials, and, they, and he's the one that's allegedly uh, uh, taking out the air out of the footballs. He's the one that um, he, handled Brady's balls. Got it. <laughs> yep, so what happened was is he uh McNally when he was uh he supposedly in the bathroom was uh airing out the, the, the footballs and uh they that's why I think he's been doing this. This isn't just the uh AFC championship game. This was done before. And uh they call, he called himself the deflator. Now <laughs> McNally is so he is hilarious. The guy, like he says, uh, like a f uh, Tom Brady in, in throughout it, and he just makes jokes about pumping up the footballs too much because Brady doesn't like that. But one of the funny things is, is that in the rebuttal, you have uh, McNally. Uh, he said that uh, I'm the deflator or something like that, and so the Patriots are saying, "Oh no, no, no! That's about weight loss." <laughs> and and it's just it. 
when I heard that, I'm like shocked. I'm like, what the heck is this? Because the thing is, is that the context of those text messages, um, there were the only ones they have are from McNally and uh, tell me what the, the other guy's name. Jastrzemski. Jastrzemski. So they have uh, all this, it's quote unquote evidence of the text messages that it refers to Brady. Uh, he actually referred over to McNally, not by name, but he said that he, uh, it was McNally must have a, uh, he must have a pretty tough job um, to get all the stuff ready for him, but it's, Everything is pointing to Brady and this McNally guy and the Patriots. It's just some people call it, you know, it's a joke what the Patriots did. But uh, one thing that I, I noticed, and uh, it's one thing that uh, you have, uh, you have Robert Kraft, who is the, he is the owner of the, the Patriots. And this is a quote. And I was like, you know, when I read this, I was like, it's pretty shocking. So, what it is is he asked Brady if he had told he was innocent. And Kraft said, yes, because we had a discussion, if you get it, let's deal with it and move on. And deal with it and take your hit and move on. I've known Tom 16 years, almost half his life. He's a man, and he's always been honest with me. And I trust him. I believe what he told me. He has never lied to me, and I have found no hard or conclusive evidence, evidence to the contrary. So what's kind of weird is that, with Spygate, they're like, yeah, you got us. Oh, gosh, guys. And so <laughs> Patriots took their they, – uh, they took the, the penalty because, I mean, they have, like, all those videotapes uh, of them well, filming the defensive coordinator for well, the Patriots. Real quick. First of all, it wasn't exactly like the Patriots Patriots like, oh, golly jeepers, you got us. Here's the tape. That ain't how it gets <laughs> down, first of all. Let's, let's, let's be clear there. I don't care. It wasn't, it wasn't that, that easy for him. Yeah. It wasn't that easy. They, they did not give up the tapes that easy. And, and, and just to break down a couple other things, too, because you covered a lot of stuff there. We'll, 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 let, we'll get back on track here in just a second. But um, so the whole uh, – Jim McNally, the alleged ball handler, there is no way to say that without – Making a joke. I, not at all. I mean, like, you know, with, wasn't there like a, a, some sort of a politician that was involved in a scandal with, you know, a, a bathroom and, 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 and some sort of an interlude there into it? So now we hear about McNally handling balls in a bathroom. It just, it only gets worse from here, folks. But anyways, um, this whole deflator thing and, and, and oh, it's weight loss. Um, you couldn't come up with that two weeks ago? I mean... <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. There's, there's. I won't even, I won't even get into all of that. That, that. I still feel like there's a lot more there that just. Oh, they're coming up with this just now. You know, maybe if you didn't fight so hard, you wouldn't look as stupid. But uh, yeah. you mentioned the the piece um, where Brady, the way it's being built up is essentially Brady looked Bob Kraft in the eye, the owner of his team, and said. I did not have sexual relations. No, 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 wrong. I mean, he looked with McNally. Yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> walk right into that. Damn it. Um, no, but he, he he basically said, "Look, there was no. I did not deflate the balls." Of course, he did. Well, right, or or, or or that he was not involved with the conspiracy. Most importantly, however, there is there was a past event 
and this is here in Jacksonville. Maybe nobody remembers this, but a very player who's not, a very talented player who is not as famous as he probably would have been if he played in Jacksonville. Do you know where I'm going yet, Chris? Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, Jimmy Smith, the receiver, was involved with um, a cocaine thing off the field. Told everybody up and down, I did not do this. And all along, you really did. So I think I'm with you. Uh, you made the point, Weasel, that if he's really – everybody's now officially out on the limb in the Patriots organization for Tom Brady. Regardless of if he, if he talked to anybody else, because the, the exchange took place between Kraft and Brady, now it's out there, now there's problems, right? I mean, do I pretty much have yeah. that, Chris? Yeah, yeah, right. Um, I just want to come up with – I heard this last week uh, – Brady in an interview in 2011, mm-hmm. they're they asking about um, Gronkowski and how he's spiking the ball after a touchdown. Oh. And asked Brady if he liked it. He's on his weekly college show. He does a weekly show on every, during football season. He's always on the show. On the show. And they, he, the exact words, Gronkowski spikes the ball and deflates the ball, which I love that because I like, you know, the deflate the ball. Well, oh, I do remember that now that you mentioned it. And then, well, Really quick, too, his uh, former state center, Damian Woody, but it keeps getting worse and worse. Damian Woody acknowledged deflated balls. God, I, I quit. I, I can't. It's not fair. I, how, do you, how do you take this serious? I don't know. Okay, but anyway, there, there's some points I want to add in. Keep going, Weasel. Well, one thing that's, uh, I think, the big thing about this, and uh, um, there are, there's a lot of evidence. There's, there's evidence of... Uh, um, people are talking with the scientific evidence. Um, the text messages are, are uh, they're using that. The Wells case used that a lot. And, but the rebuttal, it just tries to just, you know, shut everything down. And I think the only way that this is going to go past, because it is an appeals, is you're going to have uh, Jim McNally. He is, you know, the guy that is, you know, allegedly, he is the one that deflated the footballs. You have uh, John Jaskremski, who is the one that prepares the balls. Yeah, I said that. <laughs> and you have Tom Brady. So all this evidence with, you know, PSI about how the footballs were uh, were uh, switched over and during halftime, the refs checked it. It ends up that the uh, that they were a lot of them were low, and they're questioning the gauges. All that it's like it doesn't really matter because I think what they need is Jim McNally, who I believe they, um, there was, I've heard it was four times that, that Jim McNally has met with the Patriots, but in reality, I think, uh, I think the craft people were saying that he met with us once. So well, you have that backwards. With the Patriots is um, McNally was interviewed four times, three times by the NFL, once by Ted Wells, the one who actually operated the report. And what the Patriots are responding with is saying they wouldn't want to allow a fifth follow-up report because they found it excessive. When in Ted Wells' point of view, he was just that was his only opportunity to follow up, and from his point of view, he didn't get it. So, I mean, I think, uh, I think that's a bit of how you say a way to – it's a, kind of a misnomer in that it's something that they're trying to uh, waver on and, and another bit of uh, PR play, in my opinion. But anyways – so yeah, keep going with it. Okay, uh, let's see. So um, all this comes down to is that you have uh, 
you have Brady's word, you have McNally's word, and you have Josh Grimson's word. Uh, word. So uh, looking at something here, it's, uh, I think it's from like a May 14th, but uh, the, the Patriots really fired Jim McNally and Dostrensky over because of the flight gate. Did that really happen? <laughs> <laughs> well, they were definitely suspended. I know that. I, why, I don't see why they didn't suspend him because I think he's going to be pretty mad that he doesn't have a job anymore. And so hopefully McNally can – I hope he, he appeals, lets McNally talk or anything like that because it sounds like technically he's not on the Patriots <laughs> with the Patriots right now. But um, all my thing is is that you have three guys that know and everyone else, it's all speculation. You have uh, all this evidence, of uh, pressures and stuff, but – the reason why that Wells report wanted um, Brady's information with uh, the phone calls and text messages only dealing with the, the cases that McNally, I mean, the uh, Wells report did not have a lot. They had the two guys' text messages, but not anything with Brady. So people are like, oh, Brady's not even mentioned a lot in the report, but it's just that they needed this evidence. And right. they didn't give it to him. And go ahead. Yeah, they needed to complete the picture. It's it's kind of like people who went and saw the first Lord of the Rings movie that came out was like, oh, my God, why did they end it there? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's because it's incomplete because Brady held back his stuff. That's pretty much what it is, my man. So let me go ahead and pass it to you. Weasel, go ahead and put a bow, a bow on it and wrap it up for us here, bro. Okay, so uh, you got this whole fifth play thing, AFC Championship game. And so the uh, you know all they're saying is that uh, the Patriots, they played the football before the game, and so in halftime, they checked it, and they had low numbers for the uh, the, uh, the footballs by the Patriots. So you fast forward a little bit, you have a bunch of text messages between the two guys, Jim McNally and John Dostrensky, they just shoot stuff back and forth, and they mention, of course, one guy, the player, Jim McNally, not because of it, he's, uh, he's, the, uh, he's losing weight, but it's pretty obvious that he was the one that it's the plating. So um, what I see from the rebuttal is that they, the Patriots just look, they're looking goofy right now. <laughs> it's like, why, why did they do that? And uh, what it comes down to, in my opinion, is that it's a he said, he said, he said kind of thing. Between, uh, Brady and these two other guys. And so if, from here, they have an appeal coming. Yeah. And the Patriots, you know, ooh, they, they pretty much took all the excuses Everything that went in the port, and it's, oh, that's not how it went. So um, the way I sum it up is that you have, you have all this evidence, but it, what it's going to come down to is McNally and Dostrensky. I don't know if there are a lot of talk during the upcoming appeal. I'm not sure, but I think it's just going to be testimony if they have it between the three of them. And you know, lots got, a lot's on Brady because he did tell his boss, pretty much the, the guy who owns the second biggest, uh, uh, most revenue for, I think, a football team or how much the team costs, um, he told him that he said they're innocent and that the uh, that uh, he trusts Tom Brady. So this is going to be very interesting because not only did he lie to the NFL, he lied to his boss. So, and that could just look very bad. So I'm just waiting for, um, I hope there's something you hear from McNally or Jastrzemski but right now, evidence, evidence, evidence. I think you just need to see people's uh, how they uh, respond to these three. 
So in the end, it's he said, he said, he said, and all, all of us from hearing it all just have a bunch of deflated balls. Thank you so much, Weasel. Thank you for checking in. Um, and uh, go ahead and tell the people where they can find you at on Twitter real quick, brother. Well, you could uh, find me at uh, it's, uh, Weasel, W-E-A-S-E-L-V-S-O-T-G. And uh, it's Twitter. And so love to hear from, you know, all the people out there. And so, uh, yep, good stuff and uh, 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 very interesting stuff for the uh, – the deflate gate, so it's not, it's not, it's far from being over. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Definitely probably have a little bit more to talk about next week when you're back, brother. All right, man. Thanks for checking in. Have a good night, bro. So there you go. Uh, Weasel Worries giving us the shakedown and a little bit more even about deflate gate. And you know what? Here's what it is, Chris. If Bob Kraft wants to sue Roger Goodell, do you really think it's going to come to that? Like in the court of law. If he really wants it, he's probably good. Yeah. But let me tell you why he won't. Because this whole thing is shaky because they couldn't, the, the Patriots can essentially refuse to cooperate. If this goes to court, there's this little thing called a subpoena. And now they can start probing the Patriots organization for anything they're doing wrong. If I'm Bob Kraft, Roger Goodell will be your huckleberry if you challenge him. He's proven that. If I'm Bob Kraft, I'm not taking this thing to municipal court or civil court or whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm just saying. So there you go. And uh, by the way, really quick, Weasel was talking about people bringing up testimonies and appeals. It's not exactly how it works. With an appeal, you have to attack the process and show something that went wrong in the process of the investigation. This isn't about findings in a hearing or anything like that. It's trying to find a flaw in the process of how it was brought up. And the problem being, it's in numerous collective bargaining agreements, I shouldn't say numerous, but the latest collective bargaining agreement that Roger Goodell has the power to do all of the above. So they're kind of screwed. But you never know what will happen because I think the fact that this is out in the court of public opinion, anything could happen. And we'll leave it at that. Boom. So Tom Brady still officially for now has a four-game suspension. He has appealed it. Of course, we'll, we'll, uh, uh, Roger Goodell is elected to hear the appeal. But let's pretend for a minute, Chris, that the suspension holds. Um, and I haven't pulled up the Patriots schedule yet, but I will as you're talking. Um, what... Do you really think this will have a particularly big impact on what's going on uh, for the Patriots in a season? It's four games, which is a quarter of the season, in fairness. And, I mean, I have their schedule in front of me. That's the Steelers, Bills, Jaguars, and Cowboys. Um, it, 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 they could have conceivably been 3-1, and 4-0 and those first, first four games. Now I think, at worst, it'll bring it to 2-2. Two and two. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'm thinking... Too. I mean, Buffalo is better than they were last year. I mean, this is a day to the draft and the players um, they picked up. Yeah, that's true. So, I know, you know, not having Brady there, realistically, I don't think it's going to be four games. I think it's going to drop down to two. So, for the first two games, you had Steelers and, Steelers and Bills and then the Jets. Steelers and Bills. Yeah, I, I, even with that, they might be one and might be one and one. They could be the Steelers even without Brady. Okay, well let me walk. Well, let me walk um, quickly and then just give me a yes for a win and a no for a loss. Okay, so Steelers, 
Yes. Bill. Not not the, not without Brady now. I don't think so. In Buffalo. Okay, so yeah, one in one. Buffalo now. Yeah. Okay. Jags. Jags, yes. Cowboys. Cowboys. In Dallas. I mean, uh, without Brady now. Okay, yeah. so that's two and two. Right. He comes back in all irony against the Colts, yes or no? Correct. In right. Indy. Yeah. Um I don't think I don't think no. three right. and two. Yep. Uh, the Jets. The Jets, yeah. Four. Okay, four and two. Uh, Dolphins in Miami. In October. Uh, now they'll lose that one. Okay, four and three. three. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or actually, no, three and three. Excuse me. No, I'm right. Four and three. Okay, four and three. Redskins, five and three. Right. Giants in New York. Uh, regular season, yeah. Okay, six and three. Uh, <laughs> Bills uh, in in Foxborough. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, Broncos in Denver. That could go mm-hmm. either way. Yeah, I could go. Yeah, I'd... let's do worst case scenario and say no. I'd so say means... yeah, I'd say no because we still have a good secondary. Well, that's, well, that's, that's true. So that's seven and four right now. Eleven games in. The Eagles. I think that'll make eight. Um. Because I know, I know the. I, I, I'll give them even if it's in Philly. I'll, I'll give uh, the Patriots eight for that game uh, in Houston for the Texans. Yeah, seven, nine. Okay, nine. Mm-hmm. The Titans. I'll give it ten. Yeah. Um, the Jets in. Uh, the Jets in ten. East Rutherford. Uh, they'll, they'll, I think they'll lose one of them. Okay, so they're going to split. Yeah, so they're they're gonna, if you say they're going to split the Dolphins. Yeah, they're going to split the Dolphins, they're going to split the Jets, and split the Bills. Right. I still think you got them 11 wins, right? Yeah, they do. As I said, it doesn't matter if it's two, two games or four games, it doesn't matter. So, with that in mind, the, the, the magic number is still 11 if you want to win the day. And you see how many. The good news, well, I mean, the good news is if you're competing, the losses they would have would be AFC losses. But. Yeah, they got the yeah. AFC South and the NFC East. This was a good year to not have Brady because that is a garbage schedule. Right, and, that, and, that's, and that's why I was saying last week. I mean, it, it would be better if it would have been a suspension in the playoffs, even though if it was. Well, I mean, it's. We it's on that. I know, but I'm, I'm just saying it, it's such a. It, hold the play the ball. I said it back in uh, January when they said it. It's not like that big of a deal, I don't think. I mean, it's. It's, but it's a little point, preference. I, it's just how they acted to it is what you will warrant. That's why I'd say you get, if you want to act that way, just go to where it's going to hurt them more and then be in the playoffs. Well, actually, because it isn't a big deal is why you don't hit them in the playoffs. Well, I, I, would, still, I would still hit them in the playoffs because well, just to show how serious, because, I mean, it's like second sense from them because of the play, you know, because of Spygate well, and right. how, they're, how they're acting about it. You just got to go, I would go right after the, I would have gone off the postseason. See, for me personally, I don't think this is about the deflated balls anymore. And anybody who's, who's talking like it is just hasn't been paying attention. Right. This is essentially, it, 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 this isn't a real crime or anything like that, but it's like they're being charged in obstruction of justice for stealing a pack of gum. Right? Right. I, I, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Um, and I think that's similar to what you're saying. Right, that's, right? And that's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, we just went through the games. They still make the playoffs without it, with, even within with the four-game suspension or two-game suspension. Well, so make the playoffs. So that's why, like, it's not a big deal with the suspension. Yeah, go where it hurts them. That would be the playoffs. So you got morons who like 
sat in the lobby of the NFL home office and got arrested to make a point that this suspension, which is meant to punish the, uh, how you say, lack of cooperation for the Patriots organization, um, to the terms of an agreement that both the Patriots organization and the players of the organization agreed to, okay, with what's going to be a minimal suspension anyway, because the damn pass will probably get back to the playoffs. Now, I think you and I are in agreement that with the defense they no longer have, you mentioned the secondary being a fraction of itself. Hey, don't forget they lost the world's fastest immovable object in Vince Wilfork as well. Please don't forget that. I know they drafted Malcolm mm-hmm. Brown, but damn it, I don't think he's going to be as good. I say all that to say, with that defense, I don't think they're a legitimate champi- uh, championship threat. They're a dark horse threat, I'll say. Um, just because Brady. Uh, But in the end, this suspension means so little. I think the reason why we're all all talking about it is because, A, the Patriots handled it horrible in terms of a PR job, and, B, what the hell else do we really have to talk about? Well, as it would turn out this week, we do have a couple more things to talk about, but we'll do that after the break. You're listening to the student of the game on NGSC Sports. I bet people hate it when I do that. I'm, I'm just saying. Anyway. After all this deflate gate talk, I had to play something that made you take a football. Come on, Chris. Football. About to play football. <laughs> because the replacements. Any time to pick up the replacements is a good time. Even I don't know. I'm wondering. I'm wondering if like the Patriots organization's reaction to to you know hey those are those charges are horse Oh horse <laughs> Uh, if you saw if you saw the movie The Replacements, you'll get it. And if you haven't, do something about your life because you need to. You know what? What is it that one that well, one movie that's out with uh, Reese Witherspoon and the Spanish actress Sophia? What's her name or whatever? I don't know. Yeah. It, whatever. I I'm, I think it's like hot something. <laughs> hot Vargas. <laughs> yeah, hot pursuit. Right. Yeah, I, I heard about. I, you know how I remember the name is because there were people bitching about it on the radio. <laughs> I went to say it, and it was so bad. But at that point, I'm like, what'd you think was going to happen? I, I, you know, I, 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 yeah, anyways. So, let's keep it in the AFC East real quick. We mentioned the fact that the magic number for the AFC East, even with the Brady suspension, is probably going to be 11 games. But Ryan Tannehill has a contract extension. His current deal with the Finns now worth $95 million in total. Uh, the current year's uh, arrangement is still good, but they're extending it another five years. So he currently has six years left with the Dolphins, $95 million in total. But we all know it's about the guaranteed money, which is set at $25 million, a possible 45 dependent 
on a number of factors for one, whether or not he gets injured and uh, stuff like that. So, Chris, uh, the Tannehill deal, man, talk to, talk to me about it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the Dolphins have been praising for him for the last few years. They've been looking, uh, they're saying he is the franchise quarterback. So that's, what, that's why they signed him long term. He was actually one of the four quarterbacks in that 2012 draft class so far to sign an extension right now to qualify the deal. So, Dolphins are saying it. That's why they liked him, why they drafted him up there at number 10. To see something with him, I don't know what, a little bit, you know. Well, and, and, and we've said it a lot, too, on this show. You're right to say that the Jerry's still out. He's not bad. He's not great. But name me the quarterback that's had the most successful season for the Miami Dolphins since Dan Marino. Go. Um, okay, Ryan, Ryan Phillips? Uh, no. Yeah. Not, uh, uh, not and not Chad Henney before you go to yeah, no, I wasn't going to Chad Henney. The last time the Dolphins made the playoffs in London, was not London. Cleveland. <laughs> God, a bad car and a bad quarterback both have the same name. Negative. Twenty ten got eliminated early by the Ravens. Quarterback was one former Jet. Oh, Chad Pennington. I didn't lead with former Jet because I knew you would have gotten it at that point. But, yeah, Chad Pennington is the last quarterback to get the damn Miami Dolphins to the damn playoffs. I'm glad to see him in New York. <laughs> he, he never played a full season in New York. Yeah, and, like, and yet somehow managed to make it. The only reason why people thought he was good is because in college he had Randy Moss. Yeah, there's something to that. I mean, he got exposed for not being as talented with the long ball in the NFL, but... And then his first three years, he had Tucson Johnson up there a bit, so he kind of helped him out. Correct. And a Wade Corbett, if we're going to go there. Right. I mean, that was a good tandem. I like those guys. Um, but, so, let's put it this way. Now, the contract is a, bit, is, is a lot safer, but you have a quarterback who's in place who isn't necessarily elite in the league, but what they could say is, oh, he's the best quarterback since. What other starter does that loosely remind you of? Because, I, actually, you could pick more than one, frankly, right. in the NFC North. Yeah, I was going to say Flacco. <laughs> oh, that's the AFC North. Right, the yeah, AFC North. North. One of them could be Matt Schaaf. Yeah. Right. Okay. I was thinking Jay Cutler, right? Now, yeah. the difference is Jay Cutler's only thing he could really do, like, quote, is a long ball. Tannehill's weakness is long ball. So, I mean, you know, but, but I, I see an element of, you know, Dan Marino has sliced bread, and the Dolphins have had nothing since. So they threw the money at him. But I'll give you this. At least they're not paying him more than $10 million a year or anything like that. I mean, if, if he does part ways, let's take the $45 million figure just to be the most uh, – conservative to the potential concept of dealing with a lot of damage. Just, just for the worst-case scenario, let's say that the $45 million cap hit over six years is what the Dolphins have to take. Do a little bit of math. How does that break down? Seven and a half mil, right? Right. That's still less than 10. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, even, even his contract is only like 10, 12 million years. So. I didn't even break it down that far. If he goes, so if he gets... The full 95 million, which won't happen, 
Then it's yeah. what? It's it's almost thirteen million. Almost thirteen million. Thirteen million. Well, still not bad. I mean, I mean, still not super high either. Like fifteen, eighteen million dollars that some of the other quarterbacks are getting. Now, let me say this: Should that be the starting point for Russell Wilson's contract? It is. It is lovely. Yeah, and I think you're right there too. The Seattle Seahawks have, in fact, publicly said that they will not pay twenty million a year for Russell Wilson. So um, that's a good thing. And you know, look, I mean, with that twenty-five million, even in two years, that twenty-five million guaranteed mm-hmm. contract—that's two, basically two years of his contract right there. After yeah. two years, they can cut him loose and oil him anything else. This is a twenty-five million guaranteed, and he has his best receiving core. Ever right now, I think. Jarvis Landry mm-hmm. and uh, the newly drafted Devontae Parker. Right. Also with Greg, Greg Jennings, Kenny Stills, and tight end Jordan Jennings. Damn. <laughs> so he has an upgrade at the receiver position. Still nothing with the running back position, but upgrade with, you know, Lamar Miller is okay. But he's yeah. not, he's, he'll, he'll have his time. But, you know, this is the best receiving core he has had down there. You know, so this is, this is like his make-or-break year right here. And also with Joe Philbin, of course, of course uh, coach. Here's what, I'll, here's what I'll say. If you're an offense, if you're a defense, rather, if you're a defensive coordinator, more specifically, let's say you're the Jets, and your strategy is I'm going to dare Tannehill to win the game with the throws. If he can't do it at this point, it's time to just let it go. Now, <laughs> If you'll observe the fact uh, he only has an extra year based on my philosophy, but let's say in the next four instances, assuming they don't make the playoffs, obviously, well, the Jets won't, but the next four instances they play the Jets, if I'm the Jets' defensive coordinator and I say make him beat him with his arm, make, make him beat us with his arm, and he can't do it in any of those four games, then it's time to, to, to part ways with him. I'll agree with that. I mean, Tannehill's uh, three years in already. And personally, I think the jury's still out. I mean, you seem to be... Yeah, yeah I... The top offense coordinator, Jordan Cameron, again, a lot of looks. Again, the Jets. Sure. With the weaker linebacker core right there. Because, you know, with the Jets, they have Revis and Tomardi back in the end. Um, so... You're looking at the receivers are going to be shut down there. You're going to have Jordan Cameron. He he gives you that stretch the middle of the field, kind of go across the middle, tight end. Tight. Sure. So, yeah, no, he's very yeah, good. I, he put to him have big games to get him involved there as they should. Greg Jennings, Devontae Parker, Kenny Stills, Jarvis Landry, Jordan Cameron. That's a lot of weapons. Right. A lot of weapons. There's been no excuses here. That's a, sort of, no excuse at That's a lot of weapons. It is. They haven't done enough on their offensive line, in my opinion, but there's a lot of weapons. What helped them out last year? Their offensive line was improved last year over, the, um, well, over 2013. That, well, of course. They didn't have the scandal. Right. But also moving the center to guard. Pouncey. Pouncey right. back to guard, like I said. I'll agree. Because Samson's a good center. I don't care what people say. But anyway. I don't know. Uh, and, of course, every offensive line that's not the New England Patriots got better 
with Vince Wilfork leading the division. So <laughs> that's a factor as well. Oh, but then Dominican Sue joined the division. So, so every other mm. offensive line, not in Miami, got worse. That's correct. Too. Although, all of the above being said, since the AFC East is playing the AFC South, Vince Wilfork will have a farewell tour. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. With his, yeah, he'll have his farewell tour headlining for J.J. Hawat. Uh, damn it. I, I need to find a way to get to Reliant Stadium this season if I can. I, I, I need to make that happen. I mean, I mean Chris Rizzo, if you're listening, you're about to get a phone call after the show. I'm just saying, dude. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, so there you go. Um, but the Dolphins, the magic number's 11. That's a lot of weapons. That's a defensive improvement. I mean, you know what? I'm going to do it. Let's pull up that dang schedule and, and let's walk through it like we did the Patriots because I'm, I'm genuinely curious now. Let's see if the Dolphin, if we think the Dolphins can make the 11. Now, we already mm-hmm. said they'd split with the Pats. Correct. So. You know, and they always have a tendency to split with the Jets well, and the Bills. Let's, let's just call it a 3-3 three and three split right. in the division. Okay. And then they still have the AFC South and the NFC East. So let's walk through it. Okay. Opening the season. Game one. Redskins. Twins. Jazz. It's weird. They, they like to drop the games that they don't. They should win too. Right. Um, this, yeah, they should win it yeah. because because here's what I know is is that offensive line at Jacksonville is still not better, and they're staring down the barrel at Indomitian Sue and Cameron Wick. They're going to win that football game. The Bills, week three. In, in, oh wait, wait, no, no. They already we're already counting. Yeah, they're kind of so it's five and three at this point. Okay, the Titans in Tennessee. Thank you, no one known. Okay, uh, so that's six and three. The Texans. I think they're going to lose that one. Yeah. Okay, six and four. Uh, da, da. At the Eagles in Philadelphia. No, they'll lose that one. Okay, uh, that's. I just said six and four. That's six, six and five. five. Okay. Uh, the Cowboys, they'll lose that one, mm-hmm. six and six. The Ravens, I think they'll win that football game. Yeah, they'll, they always have a, they always win that one game, you don't expect them to lose Moreover, without Kalodi Nada, I think they're going to win that football game, seven and six, which means they have to win out. Which means they have to. No wait. I, I, I okay. I had to have done something wrong. Okay. Three and three. Then we said five and three to open the season. They're gonna beat. They're gonna beat the Titans at six and three. They're gonna lose to the Texans at six and four. Lose to the Eagles. That's six and five. Six and six to the Cowboys. Seven and six the Ravens. And then that means if they win out with the Giants, Chargers, and Colts, they're still only ten and six and a game short. Up top of the pick. Yeah, where, where are they playing the Chargers? The Chargers are in San Diego. Mm. Okay. But it's in December. So. Right, it's still tough. Because here is a guaranteed win for the Dolphins. Well, and here's the thing. In that winning out, you know who else they have to beat, although it is in Miami? The Colts. Right. I don't see them winning out. Yeah, no. either. Um, so. Yeah, I can surprise them some of those with the you know, Cowboys, Eagles. I don't think they're going to beat the Cowboys. They might be able to beat the Eagles. I don't think they're going to beat the Cowboys. Simply because, again, they might beat the Eagles because Brent Grimes, Indomitian Sue, Cameron Blake. 
that's pretty tough defensively yeah. to deal with, especially with a team that does has no receivers to speak of. And oh, by the way, we're, if Sam Bradford isn't healthy in Week Ten, which could could be a real thing, you know that too. So it's very real that they beat the Eagles. But even then, I still only think ten games. Yeah, they're going to be they're going to be short. They're going to be short of the playoffs. So for all the people bitching about the suspension of Tom Brady, it just doesn't matter. You want to know something else? That I mean, it matters. But at this point, as a 49er fan, whatever. I'm over it. Justin Smith announces his retirement through a 14-year career. Um, started out in Cincinnati. Spent eight years in San Francisco. That, I mean, that blows my mind that, that he was there that long. Because, I mean, it just watching him play the time just passed quickly. What can I say? He's listed as a D-tackle but can play outside. Just a versatile guy. He was J.J. Watt before there was J.J. Watt. Okay, maybe not that crazy, but, I mean, that first guy that you could line up inside and outside um, in this current era of football, the millennials, there's not too many guys like that out there. And, um, heck, there's not that many guys out there like that now. But um, I like the way he put it, you know, when you get on bald tires, you're on bald tires. It was just time for me to move on which means, you know, he doesn't want to be one of these cats that just hangs on and hangs on and hangs on. Um, the only good news is they have uh, Darnell Dockett that they got in the offseason. The other the, the, the part that really disturbs me is they're hoping that Eric Armstead, which, by the way, people who spell their name Eric with an A, you already have a strike against you. Then you went to Oregon, a team that's known for soft defense, and are trying to play in what was a Harbaugh system before Jim Harbaugh left, obviously, but it's still, for all intents and purposes, going to be a Harbaugh defensive system. You're small, you're going to try to play, or excuse me, you're soft, you're going to try to play tough in there. I'm not feeling it. So then, here's a list again for those who haven't heard me cry about it already. Justin Smith, Patrick Willis, Dan Scuta, I'm missing one. There's another, oh, Chris Boylan, there it is. Four talented, I guess that's four Pro Bowl caliber talent. Well, Scooter wasn't a Pro Bowler. But those are four starting NFL talents gone. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I think third place or fourth place in the division, Chris, 49ers, pop quiz. Uh, I'd say fourth place. Damn it, me too. <laughs> do, you, do you think about, you know, with, with the Will, Willis retirement, there's something with his injury that he had last year. Um, he's not back at 100%. That's why he's gone. And then with Justin Smith retiring, I, I, I like it because he's going out kind of still, he, he can still play probably two years, but, go, he, you know, he's, like you said, on ball tires, you know, it's, it's starting to go down. You know, he, he can feel the physical aspect of it. That's why he's retiring. Unlike, you know, Maurice Jones Drew, who left after his injuries, went to Oakland, and then he came back and he just retired as a Jag. Yeah. He just signed a one-day contract and he signed as a Jag. But, I mean, really, his time was up by then. Right. Before he left Jacksonville, you know, well, looking for the money. I mean, maybe. I'll say this about the mojo with the Raiders. What support was there? Yeah, already, was, talk about bald tires. 
dude, this guy was on rims carrying the Jag for all those years. And then he went to another franchise and was asked to be part of a, of, of a, of a uh, running back core, which made sense, but they didn't have the protection to even support that. I can't blame Mojo for that. Uh, that that's tough for me. But I see where you're coming from by the same token. I don't know. Hey. But, yeah, I'm with you. I'm glad, I'm glad Smith went out before, you know. Uh, it, it, before they cleared it, Keenan, basically. You know, you, 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 it's like, what have you done for me lately? And what everyone thinks of. That's true. So, I mean, you, you can see the last eight seasons he's been with the Niners, what he's done then. Yeah. He has another year, and he has a down year this past year. Then that's all you're going to think about is, oh, you know, he played one year too many. and That, that makes sense. Like that. I mean, look at Jared Allen going to the Bears this past year. That's all anyone's talking about. You know. Yeah. They're talking about Jared Allen moving by outside linebacker. I'm talking about a lot of people moving outside linebacker. They saw Julius Peppers do it, and now it's the thing. I don't get it. I don't get Well, Julius Peppers and the Packers play run a 3-4 defense. They do. So that's why he's outside linebacker. And the Bears play a 4-3, and then talking about moving Jared Allen to the linebacker. Wait, wait, let me tell you why that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Wouldn't you need more speed and movement to be? You do. And as you get older, don't you lose speed and movement? You do. So they took a guy who's in a position that needed less speed and movement. He's losing speed and movement. And now, no. They should, they should technically move him into the inside and a deep tackle. I don't know that he's big enough for that. Yeah, but he doesn't have that outside tackle anymore. I think... I don't know. I have not left the weight room for four hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> well, that he, he needs to call. He needs to call up Justin Smith and say, "How'd you do it?" <laughs> I stopped doing it. <laughs> I mean, fourteen years is an amazing length of career, and Jared Allen isn't exactly young. He's not fourteen years in, but yeah, he's, he's getting there. I mean, yeah. he started his career in KC before he had that long career up in Minnesota. Correct. Very good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, but the Niners are screwed. I mean, I called it during the season last year, but I had no idea any of this was going to happen. Four, four, four starting caliber players. This is trash. Okay, so they'll have Alden Smith and Navarro Bowman and Amon Brooks. And, and, and Darnell Dockett. And Darnell Dockett. Did they keep Tony Gerard, Eddie? I'm not sure. I. Uh, they also had that rookie last year that filled in for Willis that played pretty well. Chris Borland retired. Oh, he retired after one oh, year really? in. He pulled a great coffee. <laughs> Minus the religious experience thing. So I'm trying to tell you. I, th- I thought that was it. I'm like, really? Yes. No. Yes. It is that Why bad. Why retire after one year? Uh, injury concern. Yeah. He didn't want to, you know, get concussions and stuff. How dare he put his body before it? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I mean, I respect his decision, don't get me wrong, but for anybody who has a rooting interest in this team, forget about it. I, I mean, uh, I'm just, just going to stop now. Let's move to something else before I start throwing things. Anyways, so I, I looked at something, and I first saw the NFL.com, but it references – Adele Beckham Jr., for those who don't remember precisely, this is the guy that went up and grabbed the wicked awesome three-finger catch. See, I said that with a Bostonian accent, even though he's a Giants player, just to piss you off. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Kyle. No, but, um, 
So he made that amazing catch, and now, I mean, he's even on the Madden cover. It's, it's insane. But he's quoted, and I want to make sure I get this right for the record. Yeah, I got it right here. Okay, go ahead. It's, he says, I think that we should make more money personally. And that's in reference to NFL players in general. Um, now, on the surface, that sounds bad. Let's not put anything around. Um There'll be those fans that are like, oh, you play a game for a living, yada, yada, and all that. And he goes on to compare the physical aspect of football to basketball, um, baseball, and soccer. And they're saying, yeah, I know basketball plays 80-something games. Baseball plays a lot of games. Soccer plays a lot of games. Right. 163. Specifically, if you have this wild card trash, and that doesn't even include playoffs in both cases of football and basketball. That's all without playoffs. So if you if it's you do another twenty one games, if you're correct. You make it to the final. Actually, I think the first one's only five game series. The first not wild anymore. Card. No, no, they moved that to seven. So yeah, I, this this shows you this shows you that Chris is not a basketball fan, and that's okay. No, it's baseball. Basketball eighty two. Uh, I was talking about basketball. I was talking about baseball in 162 games. No, but the first round being five games versus seven is wrong. Yeah, that's that that baseball. Oh. Baseball still has that, I believe. In all cards. I think you're right. Yeah. I honestly don't know. I, I, I think I'm I know right, I don't yeah. know anything about baseball. I didn't they play 162 games, and now there's 163rd for that wild card crap. Right, and then if you have to play 162 games, you still want to who the best team is. Something <laughs> wrong with your league. Sorry. I mean, oddly enough, I like it better now that Bud Seeley gets tired. But anyway, when, when you have a team goes 120 and 42, and the next closest is like 97 and 65, <laughs> just give the 120 and the team the championship. It's First of point. all, a lot of people right now are doing the math on their calculators to make sure that you, <laughs> you said the number of games correctly. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, but um, which, by the way, I think you got it right. But when you win 97 games, you still don't make the playoffs or something else. <laughs> yeah, by the same token, if you're playing in the NBA East and you barely win 40 games, <laughs> you barely win the damn playoffs. That's what the trash is. Well, yeah, well, NFL with the 7 and 9 teams. Well, I mean, of course, you know, we won't refer to the Kardashian sisters that was the NFC South last year, which. Which is, by the way, I only I think the only way the AFC East schedule could be weaker is if it was the NFC South instead of the NFC East. But I digress. Uh, <laughs> the uh, for all we know, the NFC East could be the worst team in the NFC again. But um, yeah, so we should be getting paid more. Here's the thing. Tell me what you think of that, Chris, first, and then I'll weigh in. Not getting paid more. Yeah. Um. If you break it down per game, they get, they get paid more. Um, you you got to look at how many how many people are on an NFL roster, 52 men rosters. Uh, that's correct. Uh, baseball, they have like 18, 22. Basketball is 12 active, 12 to like 15. Yeah, about. yeah, yeah, something like that. So, I mean, if you, if you look at that, soccer is 18. So, I mean, you look at... I would not have known that. But yeah. it, it could be up to 22, but it usually have about 18. Um, so, I mean, you look at that. 
he, what he was talking about is the average NFL salary in 2013 is $2 million per player. Correct. Average. Uh, middle, the rookie minimum was 420000 a year. So, I mean, so 420000 I'll take that for the employee football, you know. But, um, yeah. so with it, yeah, comparison to the other sports, how what the physical aspect that they put their bodies through each game, the force, so the, the speed they run at, the force, the, the hit and everything. Yeah, they are getting a little underpaid, but per game, they're still making more money than the others. Well, okay, and, and let me check it there. First of all, for somebody, a one person, a person who should be speaking out about this should not be the guy on the Madden cover because I'm sure it's at least ten million bucks he gets for landing that, or maybe it's not ten million, but you you know he's making some fat cash to be on that cover because it's it's the single most recognizable sports title, and I mean it's not exactly like EA Games, albeit on the decline like a lot of big-name video game franchise, uh, companies, corporations, whatever you want to call it, are out there, are on the decline, they're still okay. They're not poor yet. Um, but I'm with you. He makes a legitimate point. Don't give me this garbage about cash per game. I don't think there's another sport, and a damn sure ain't baseball, by the way, um, that works as hard year-round as the NFL does. And there's only one sport, I would say, that does work harder than the NFL, the NHL. Bottom line, hockey players deserve... If, if, the, the major sport in this country that deserves the biggest pay raise, in my opinion, is, is the NHL. I mean, you, somebody might try to argue the UFC and all this other stat, stuff. I, I'm not even trying to get into that. Right. Okay. For all intents and purposes, certainly among team sports, the NHL player is the most underpaid. That's just where I live. Right behind it, however, is the NFL. Because I don't know what the rigorous rigors of an NHL um, athlete's upkeep is. But I do know to be successful in the NFL is a 365, 24-7 job to keep in shape, to keep sharp, to be ready. There's plenty of guys out there. Hell, Roger Clemens, say what you want about the steroid scandal and all of that. His final contract was essentially, look, I'm only going to play home games, and I'm going to play once every five games. Sign me up. And he got paid an exorbitant amount of money. Yeah, baseball does get overpaid. I, I would even guarantee the basketball. You know, now granted, so, they they do have a max contract quote. But. Right, and and there is there there is wear and tear on basketball players. I mean, you know, but their contracts are also guaranteed. Right, and I think uh, Becca makes the point in this uh, interview with the Huffington Post that the NFL shelf life is far less than the other. Anyways, speaking of shelf life, the shelf life of this show is now itself coming to an end. You can, of course, catch me, Kyle Nash, as soon as game, at the SOTG. Check out the website, ngfcsports.com. That's where you'll catch us on talks. You can also find us on iHeart Radio, iTunes, Spreaker, the TuneIn app, just all over the place when it comes to the radio. So don't be afraid to find us elsewhere on your mobile device. You can find Chris on Twitter at 
Hydraulic Upright, that's U-P-R-I-T-E, still a great name, because Weasel's not here, boom, <laughs> on Twitter. Um, of course, I am at the SOTG. So, yeah, um, excellent show. Uh, we'll have Weasel back next week full-time. And uh, we actually got to talk some football this week. I'm stoked about that because the flake gate. Make it end. I don't care. Just take the punishment, Patriots. Just make it end for us all. Anyways, until next time, everyone, class dismissed. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus.